We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, RotoViz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to RotoViz.com. Click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly down. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined as always by Sean Siegel, the co-host here of the podcast. Great to do multiple shows a week, three shows a week, in fact, over the last couple of weeks here on Rotoviz Overtime. Always at least two shows uh, throughout the last almost 12 months as we have soared past 200 episodes here off the podcast. And on today's show, we are going to talk about a piece that Sean has released uh, just earlier this week. Um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into three players to buy now. And we're going to have some listener questions later in the show as well. Lots of uh, interesting topics coming in uh, via rotavizradio at gmail.com and, and through my Twitter feed at Overtime Ireland. Sean, uh, we have had a, a couple of fun shows this week, three shows again, uh, keeping that going, keep the momentum flowing, but uh, this is this is an interesting one with the three players that you're you're advising that we get on our draft boards now or get on our even get on our dynasty teams if we if we're looking that way. We've talked with Ben. That was obviously a great show. We're excited about the Stealing Signals podcast. We went over a couple of FFPC best ball one hundred thousand dollar tournament drafts. Gave you some strategy insights there. Today we want to talk about some players, right? Some players to buy, some guys who are generating a little bit of buzz. We have the offseason in full swing, and you can get misled pretty easily by offseason puff pieces. At the same time, it's always fun to find out like who really drew the coach's eyes in those first OTAs. And I wanted to mention these three players because they're guys I've been drafting a ton. I have them on a huge number of teams. We featured them at different points throughout the offseason, but now that they're generating so much interest from coaches, from the beat writers, we want to get back in there and make sure that we draft them before they get too expensive or trade for them before they get too expensive. 
We'll start out with Elijah Moore, someone we focused on a lot during the draft season. The Rotoviz news feed reminds us that he's maybe the most buzzed about rookie. He's been impressing coaches. Uh, the new head coach there for the New York Jets says his work ethic is off the charts. Now, this is a smaller player, 5'9", but very few people have this type of explosiveness. He ran a 4'3", 5'40". He's got a 6'6", 3 cone. You're talking about Christian McCaffrey-esque type of agility there 36 inch vertical someone who's extremely athletic and he's also shut up very well in the box score scout you have him in there with brandon cooks calvin ridley dj chark will fuller those names and and you know cooks is maybe not the most sexy at this time period brandon cooks has scored 220 plus fantasy points in five of the last six seasons right calvin ridley finished last season at wide receiver five Will Fuller was last season's wide receiver eight on a point-per-game basis. DJ Chark, one of those people we're always talking about. And Monty Fawn, who we discussed some of the drafts that he and I did together, and more was in that big Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty draft. He wrote the post-draft piece on Moore, and not surprisingly, his recommendation was to buy, buy, buy. We see that he fits so many of our different advanced metrics. He's got that 19.4 breakout age, one of the top 25 breakout ages of any player this century. 93rd percentile adjusted production index, which is second behind Devontae Smith in this year's draft. 32% market share of receptions, which you might expect from an elite slot guy. That shows up in Blair Andrews' work in the wrong read, looking for guys who could be the next Justin Jefferson type of player. So, Colin, when we're talking about these rookies and with Elijah Moore, everything coming in to the draft made him look like he could be a star. We weren't sure where he would go because he's a little bit smaller, but then he goes 34th overall. He's going to be the sort of player who can grow with the young quarterback, Zach Wilson. And now that he's starting to generate this buzz, I think that we have to be willing to adjust where we're going to select him a little bit. The concern coming in is that you do have a Denzel Mims, who was a relatively high pick for them last year, a very athletic player, someone who did generate some uh, air yards numbers in the middle of the season last year. They make the move to add Corey Davis. They still have Jamison Crowder on the roster, even though they're you know having some contract discussions there because they don't want to pay him that much with Elijah Moore now in town. So you have a rookie QB, you have a little bit of competition for targets that holds down the ADP for this smaller rookie, but it looks like he's going to be the guy there in New York. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I, I think the the offense is going to be obviously the the rookie quarterback is going to be a big part of this and how it works out. But you mentioned Mims; he was somebody I liked last year. He's somebody I'm drafting in, in those best ball drafts, you know, in those later rounds and. I think it could be quite an interesting offense. You mentioned on Tuesday's show that the offense could change very quickly in, in Jacksonville, and we could see that become very explosive. And with some of the pieces that are in New York, I think we could see that offense take a big step forward. But again, there's lots of uncertainty around you know what we're going to see at the quarterback position year one here from Wilson and how, how that all kicks off. But I think Moore is one of the guys on this offense who who really can have an impact there as you mentioned some of the stuff in terms of like um the 30 percent market share and receptions only three prospects uh, this year hitting that but 
his ADP has climbed, so you're you're advising us to to get on and buy now. If we look, you know, since the draft, pretty much um, we have a two and a half round increase in ADP, pretty much um, twenty six point eight picks. Uh, so he's now kind of going in that you know hundred and thirty pick range where he was going in the hundred and seventy pick range, hundred and sixty pick range, uh, just basically you know four to six weeks ago. So um, I think people are already buying in with that hype. Obviously, you're advising to buy in now. Where do you think we see this trend to over the next three months? Do you think we, we get to top 100 picks at us? I think that that's possible. I think that that's probably a little bit the ceiling. That jump that he's made that you mentioned, that's happened just in the last two weeks since he had the fantastic results uh, in the early workouts with the Jets there. And like you said, he, he jumps a full two rounds. You go in and you can see exactly where he's going in the best ball ADP tools. And he's consistently now getting into the first 10 rounds. And I think that if you're taking him at the tail end of the 10th round, that's probably not a bad selection because we look at what some of the players did last year, Justin Jefferson, Brandon, they both scored more than 15 points per game. You look at someone like a T Higgins who scored over 14 points a game in the games when Burrow was available. Chenault had that fast finish averaged over 13 for the season, I mean, averaged over 11 for the season, but had a fast finish. We're talking about rookie wide receivers being able to contribute. I think if he gets lost at all in this group that has Chase, that has Smith, that has Waddle, I mean, he could be the guy at his price who's really a lot more effective. Now, we don't want to just go uh, interrupting him in round six, round seven, that kind of thing. But I do think that he's going to lead the Jets. I think he's going to outscore Corey Davis. I would take him ahead of Davis. And, and perhaps move Davis down a little bit there. He's also someone where, you know, maybe you let this buzz die down just a little bit. You let the time period between those glowing reviews and when you make your offer uh, grow just a, a, a tiny bit here, give a little bit for it to cool down. But you want to start getting those Elijah Moore trade offers out. And one of the ways that I would suggest to do it is make it a two for two where maybe you have a target as a first round kind of startup guy you want to offer somebody big you want to get somebody big back and then in the undercard you have more and perhaps someone else where you can make that move on more if you just make a move straight from more it's going to be difficult to get in with how trendy he is at this moment um, we, we talked about in the best ball show that you guys picked LaVisca Chenault he's someone that I have on almost every single one of my dynasty teams not hard to understand why when you pull up the box score scout and you look at his five closest comps, you have A.J. Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, T. Higgins, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, what those guys did to start their career is really pretty crazy, right? You have Thomas, Smith-Schuster, and Brown. They were all among the top 10 receivers this century in terms of fantasy points over their first two years. You look at DeAndre Hopkins, who has five top five finishes and two wide receiver one finishes. I mentioned Higgins last year averaging 14.7 in those games that Burrow played. Now, Chenault did not get to that level, but I think that it's easy to sort of understate what he actually did do last year, right? He averaged over 11 points per game. In the last five weeks, he averaged 15.3 points per game. Now, when you're talking about a player in a bad passing offense who got off to a little bit of a slow start, but then had this extremely impressive finish. And we know that his prospect profile 
his size, athleticism profile, all of those things suggest not just a good player, but a potential superstar, then I think that those numbers in that context, they really should be something that we're excited about as opposed to thinking, oh, well, Chenault didn't quite live up to those other guys. He's someone who, like Elijah Moore, has been the real breakout star of early Jaguars practices. Uh, Urban Meyer says he's one of our best playmakers on offense. He's the guy that's in the right position at that age gap. Uh, I love the way he practices. He's been there every day. He's a great puzzle piece for us, plus his attitude is fantastic. Now, he mentions the puzzle piece thing. I think that that can be a positive, it can be a negative. One of the other things coming out of OTAs with this idea that they are going to more transition Chenault into the more prototypical alpha receiver role. Is he going to be that guy? Can he have the upside to justify already taking him in round seven, round eight, like we're doing? He's jumped 20 spots as well in the last two weeks based on this buzz. Yeah, probably based on where, where I've been drafting him. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm... I'm all in. Last year, we were very excited about him. Like, if you look at the situation last year, probably the worst quarterback situation in the NFL. When we look back on it now, um, did he was the in terms of per target last year had the 26th best in the NFL uh, in terms of points per target. He had 1.99 points per target. Now they may transition him to an outside wide receiver, but I I think it'll be unless it just jumps and that's perfect for them at the start of the season i think it'll be a slow process based on the fact that they now have marvin jones they have dj chark i think playing him in the slot makes a huge amount of sense they don't have a huge amount at the tight end position so i think they're going to look for him in that area as well and um, so my biggest concern with him is does etn and eat into some of those targets but what i'm not concerned about is the volume of targets that have left that offense um Keelan Cole left the offense, it was 88 targets. Chris Connolly left the offense with 63 targets. Tyler Eifert had 60 targets. So there's a lot of targets that have left town, and we have a better quarterback, and we have you know so much more positivity around him coming into his second year. He's, he's just going to be uh, 22 heading into this season. We talk about second-year players. We talk about the breakout ages. I'm I'm extremely excited. I mean, I was extremely excited before I was reading through that list, Sean, that you named out of players that uh, we can compare them to. So, um, I, again, I mentioned this on a couple of shows. I, I think that we should be drafting them ahead of Chark, and you know, I, I really still like Chark. We were very high on him last year. I think there's a lot of positive uh, elements there, but I, I, I'm I'm thinking that Chenault will continue to climb, and I think he should be the wide receiver one when we're targeting those uh, Jaguars receivers. Do you think I'm too high at that point um, on him, or do you do you agree with that? I don't think that's too high because I think that Shark is – I mean, I don't think that's too high because we look at this grouping, and if you said, well, which receiver is more likely to be a third-round pick in 2022, it's pretty clear that it's Chenault. If we looked at it and said, who's more likely to be a 15th-round pick next year – I think that's actually more likely to be DJ Chark based on the fact that he came into the NFL with a little bit less production. He had the big season in his second year, but last year was a disappointment. Uh, Meyer has taken a few, you might even call cheap shots at the way he played last year. Now I'm drafting Chark. I think that he's going to bounce back. I think both of these guys are going to be values, but I think that Chenault is the player who has the huge upside. So when we talk about, again, drafting, and every time that we're on the board, thinking in terms of who could be selected much earlier next season, now, that's not something where like, oh, well, it's like a one in a hundred kind of thing. But just knowing 
the different trends, knowing the way the players develop. You mentioned his age. And, you know, if you go back through Blair's wrong read pieces, you'll see so many talking about that year two jump, especially for the youngest players. The target numbers will go up. And with the target numbers, if you have the athleticism, if you have the talent that a Chenault has, or at least we believe that he has, then you're going to have some positive efficiency. Things happen as well, at least in particular games. It could be a, a weekly league winner for you. If Trevor Lawrence does what we think that he will do, the upside here is just really off the charts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So Sean, into the listener questions now. We have a question coming in from Adam Vaughn. Um, says, hey guys, I've been a Rotoviz uh, subscriber for five years plus and he, he says he values our opinion. Uh, so we'll, we'll give him uh, our best advice here, Sean. 12-team full PPR, um, they can keep three players. There are no round implications to worry about based on where um, those players were selected. He has Julio Jones, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Cam Akers, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett and Gus Edwards. He said he's leaning towards the first tree of that list, but just wanted to hear our thoughts. So uh, it's the first year where he doesn't have three wide receivers to keep, which is usually his go-to. Uh, he said, would you look to trade any of those players? Well, what do you think here, Colin? We have Julio, Chubb, Eckler, and Akers, I think, are the most interesting options. One of the things uh, when we're looking at keeper leagues as opposed to dynasty leagues, we are emphasizing the upcoming season but there is a little bit of long term as well where you know you can keep some of these guys the following year if you would like acres is moving up into a range now where he's going ahead of chubb and eckler in most 
formats, including uh, redraft formats. Chubb kind of in there as well. Uh, I have seen these guys go in a lot of different places. It was interesting that Chubb and Eckler really fell in the uh, FFPC $100,000 best ball draft that Zach and I did the other day fell all the way to the end of the second round when he's normally sort of in the first third of that round. I We had Ben Gretsch on. He talked a lot about Julio, how Julio was set to have another big season, even with the move to Tennessee. I like the idea of taking or keeping a receiver here with this group. Chubb and Akers are two guys I think could really age well. Uh, Chubb's someone that you have that lower ceiling because Kareem Hunt is also one of the best uh, running backs in the NFL and is maybe more the pass-catching running back. So with Chubb, you have perhaps the best early down running back or pure running back in the NFL, but with a lower ceiling. Eckler, this Alvin Kamara light, and then Cam Akers maybe a mix of the two. Out of those four guys, do you have three that you feel very strongly about? Uh, not very strongly, but I'm, I'm on the same path as yourself. I think when you're looking at it here, you know, the likes of Edwards and Lockett, I think they're immediately out of the discussion because you mentioned it's for this upcoming season, so we're not looking long-term of trying. Now, obviously, we can potentially keep them guys again next season, but I think, you know, based on their current ADPs, I think they move out, I think of it. The one thing that's not mentioned is that... Uh, a super flex or one quarterback i'm going to go with the fact that it's probably one quarterback because it didn't mention that but that then leads me to leave out wilson so you are down to the four that you've mentioned i think um julio again the other thing like they can be moved after this so you can keep them and then still move them so the players that are going to have the highest adp value at the moment as well um are probably the three running backs but i think you keep julio with the intention to keep him and then depending on how your running backs are you keep two of those guys if i was picking based on their profiles and what you mentioned particularly when it's in a full ppr league i would be leaning towards eckler and acres and i have talked on the show previously that you know i i'm not the biggest acres guy and i'm kind of targeting henderson in case things don't work out for acres but i think at the current adps they are the the three guys that i would be picking and, and chubb would be the one missing out uh, would you pick chubb over either of those two running backs I think I might still be tempted to go with Chubb over Eckler. I think that the situation with the Chargers is still a little bit more in flux. We'll have to see how that offense develops this season. But I do think that Chubb has the big name. He has the big talent. He has the high floor, right? And so if you're looking to trade someone, I think that Chubb probably brings the most back for you. Maybe you could put julio and chubb together if it's if it's a trade before you have to designate your keepers then maybe julio jones and chubb could bring back a wide receiver superstar then you have a wide receiver to go with eckler and acres there again thanks for sending that question and i usually forget the times to do this but you can send them to rotavizradio at gmail.com that's how that one came in the next question up came in on twitter that was from kevin matthews and um, so he is a 12 team redraft league with one keeper so we're on the we're on the keeper uh keeper topics this week um and in terms of what he's looking to do he can only keep players that we drafted in the sixth round or later so a little bit of a different setup the options are swift in the sixth and these have round designation so swift in the sixth brady in the 11th hawkinson in the 12th chenault in the 13th he said his brain immediately thought swift but as the months have rolled on he's warmed up to uh taking one of those other guys specifically uh hawkinson so what, what's your thoughts here i think um 
again, if we're looking at where the ADPs are, Swifts is, is going to be the highest, then Hawkinson, then Chenault, then Brady. Um, we're probably at the moment very much in the tight end premium mindset, but I'm guessing that this is going to be uh, just uh, standard PPR as well. So uh, it's an interesting, an interesting question for me. The, the quarterback immediately drops out. The, the, there's no huge rise in ADP there from Brady. Um, so where where are we leaning then at that at that point? Well, I have Hawkinson in, as a second round pick in my dynasty rankings. So I know that's a little bit high on him. The only tight end I have above him there is Kyle Pitts. I think that Hawkinson going into a season here where he perhaps takes a second step, he made a good a first move as a second year player there he takes another big jump in year three he gets the huge target volume i think most beat writers uh, team fantasy owners expect him to lead the lions in targets even if the efficiency isn't there he's athletic enough to make something of that kind of a target volume then as they build the offense over the next several years he's going to really become a superstar. So if we look at potentially keeping people for multiple seasons, then I think that comes into play. But Hawkinson, a guy that I'm very, very high on, I have him ranked ahead of Swift, even without any adjustments in terms of where those guys are going ADP-wise. But, Colin, this is also the LaVisca Chanel show, and we know that he is someone else who's in the mix. Now, I have him several rounds later, but still undervalued as a dynasty slash keeper type of player. If we're looking at guys who could make a big impact in 2021, then perhaps he's the guy. Because we know that Hawkinson is going to struggle with just how bad that Lions offense is, whereas the Jaguars could become very, very exciting. Looking at that, do you have any concern that the Lions offense holds Hawkinson back, or we're talking about a 12th round pick. One of the things that we discuss here is that tight ends get a lot of attention in tight end premium, and they should, because in tight end premium, they become very viable flex options. And so if you have a format where you're starting 10 guys and you have multiple flex positions, then those tight ends can slide in there. They can make an impact in the way that they don't necessarily in regular scoring. But that doesn't mean that tight ends aren't extremely valuable in regular scoring as well. So if, even if you're playing just one tight end, the difference between those top three or four guys and the people who come in 9, 10, 11, 12 is just this very meaningful gap. And so if you have one of the star tight ends and if Hawkinson does join that group in 2021, then it's almost like having an entire extra starter. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. The one thing I would just mention there is... Um... Obviously, when we get to non-tight end premium, um, the ADP is going to drop off, but Hawkinson's still going to go earlier in the 12th. I think the one that's going to take the biggest rise is Chenault. I'm interested in both of those guys. They would be the two that I would be really leaning for there. You mentioned you know, the fact that you have him so high in your dynasty rankings, and Hawkinson for me is somebody who this time next year we could be talking about him and that you know darn waller category um that we're obviously listeners will know that we're we're very enamored with waller heading into this season hawkinson could get himself into into that sort of a position heading into next season so there's a huge a huge upside there from him i I would be tempted to lean towards chenault there but again i would also be saying that uh, depending on what else um has been kept after the the sixth round in terms of wide receivers tight ends etc maybe after this point that might factor into it but a one-on-one decision i think i would be would be going towards 
the wide receiver, but I, I really like Hawkinson as well. Uh, I always find it uh, very interesting when we can... Uh, uh, one of the things I like is that not every time we have uh, one of these questions, we agree. So it then lets the listener make their their decision. I'm sure most of those decisions they agree with what Sean says and go, <laughs> go with his decision. But um, it's always good to get a split uh, opinion on some of the players there. Uh, a couple of reviews I mentioned on uh, one of the shows earlier this week. We did hit 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts on the US. So the way it's split up there is like if I leave a review for a show, it only goes up on the irish uh, apple podcast so thanks to all the guys and gals in the, the u.s that have dropped us some podcast reviews uh, we'll read one of those out uh, now just as we finish it up coming from chris sims with a, a z and an s i don't think it's a uh, former nfl quarterback but uh, chris sims nonetheless um the the road of his team are the best and he said he thinks what separates them is their ability to combine narratives and data too many other podcasts and shows live in the narrative bag but these guys do a good job of balancing the two uh, so to add it to your rest of your regular podcast rotation and get a leg up on the rest of your league so thanks to chris for dropping that and we have been getting a, a nice influx of uh, reviews now over the last two to three months as uh, the audience continues to grow if you are a new listener or if you're a long-time listener take a couple of a moments drop us that five-star review it is much much appreciated and we do Thank you for that. As we get to the end of the third show of the week, we did have our show earlier this week where we looked a little bit about the best ball results of our recent drafts. Then we had Ben on to to hype up the upcoming show with Stealing Signals, and I'm, I'm super excited about that. It's going to be phenomenal. Really looking forward to that becoming a, a regular show here on Rotoviz Radio. Uh, we all know what Sean does from uh, listening to this show, and then, of course, Ben is one of the best in the business, so it's going to be phenomenal. Uh, make sure you're subscribed as well to the Stealing Signals podcast feed. The last thing to do before we wrap up is to let you know, as always, you can get that 10% discount off a Rotoviz NFL pass. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland if you are so inclined. Make sure as well to go and retweet that tweet, even if you don't decide to follow me, uh, to get yourself into that contest. And uh, with all that said and done, we'll be back on Saturday with another edition of the podcast. Three shows coming your way this week. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.